Welcome to the Lioness Queen podcast, where our motto is all about living residue-free, not allowing the residue from a negative event in your life hinder you from moving forward where God is leading and directing you. Your host, Reverend Dr. Marisha, founder, speaker, author, divorce coach, and licensed minister, provides motivating messages that will help encourage and empower women to live their best life beyond their past and recognize the worth of their crown. Now let's jump into your weekly dose of letting go of the past and living totally residue-free. Here's your host, Reverend Dr. Marisha. Welcome back. Welcome back, my Linus Queens. I am I am so excited today to have another Lioness Queen on our podcast. And so her name is Akenya Crawley, and she goes by Kenya. And she is the founder and CEO of My Thriving Life Academy, a company that empowers the masses to not just thrive, but to live in bliss. Kenya is a a uh, divorce recovery coach, an influencer, a published author, a um, author of a superwoman's guide to recovering after divorce. This combat army veteran, thank you for your service, now uses her experience and training to lead thousands to their greatness by using their inner gifts to elevate their pinnacle in life. Welcome, Miss Kenya. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you. So the Lioness Queen, um, we're, we're a Christian women's empowerment organization. And, you know, we're rep we represent courage, hope, and faith. And the organization is, you know, dedicated to inspire, encourage, and empower women to use their faith to let go of the residue from their past and embrace their purpose. And we believe all women should recognize the worth of their crown and the importance of releasing residue from their lives, you know, is necessary for walking in their purpose. And so I love starting out with a quote or a poem in every episode. And I truly believe, um, <laughs> When I read your bio, I'm just like, girl, you are not a survivor, but an overcomer. And that's kind of where, you know, um, we're, we're going to take this episode today. And so um, and so here's a, a really short quote um, by Joyce Meyer. And um, once I read the quote, I would just want you to reflect on what's the first thing that comes to your mind. So it's a very short quote. And it says, everyone wants to be an overcomer. But nobody wants anything to overcome. <laughs> mm. let, me, let me read it again. Everyone wants to be an overcomer, but nobody wants anything to overcome. So what resonates with you when you hear the, that quote? My life. <laughs> no. Um, I think about everyone wants kind of the the light at the end of the tunnel or the pot of gold you know after you go through the storm and you follow the rainbow like everyone wants to get to that that true inner peace and deep happiness um and and really reap rewards for what really you have to go through something to get to you know um and they don't a lot of people don't want to have to go through the pain, the turmoil, the struggle, the sacrifice, um, the the blood, sweat, and tears that it takes to to get through and to that point. Um, they just want to get there and be there and enjoy those benefits without, in a sense, having to do the work and having to go through, you know, something to get there. Yeah, so you said a word, doing the work. Like, there's a cost. You know, um, I was reading um, uh, Viola Davis's memoir, 
and um and i've heard like oprah like say uh, there was an interview that oprah did with viola davis about her book about her memoir and oprah was like girl i didn't go through anything like what you went through i, I didn't go and you know oprah dealt with abuse and being molested and and she was like i i like you went through some things like there there was a cost yes right and and oftentimes people see the manifestation but they don't see the work they don't see the pain they don't see the tears and you know just reading going through your bio where you've experienced some of the things that Viola Davis and you know gone through as far as being molested and having a child at 14 and being homeless and divorce and different ailments right that you uh, abusive marriage like there's certain things that you just have gone through where there was work that you had to do right yeah. and so my question for you because you I mean you have a resume of just things girl that you've gone through and so my question is um I mean you definitely are living and walking miracle let me just put that out there but thank you out of all of those out of all of the the things that you've gone through in your short life right which one or ones do you feel was the most difficult to overcome mm. and why Ooh, that's a new one <laughs> <laughs> i've been on quite a few podcasts yeah. but that's, that's right because you on the line is queen you on the line is queen curve. i like challenges though uh which one or ones mm -hmm. would i say are were the most challenging mm -hmm. okay definitely jumping out it's just a lot of them but what is jumping out at me the most is being having my my first child at age 14 mm -hmm. um that changed my life in like obviously a blink of an eye in that moment that I became a mother mm -hmm. actually from the moment I found out that I was pregnant and just trying to wrap my head around what was about to happen how my life was about to change mm -hmm. um and then dealing with having to grow up it like in the blink of an eye yet being kind of sandwiched um being a mother yet still a child mm -hmm. and having to have the responsibility of being a mother but not the freedom or, or independence or ability to even take care of myself because I was still a child and like mentally and emotionally um being able to accept that and adjust to that and that was very 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 hard for me to do um I've always been very mature but that was just a whole another level um and I I thank my mother and my family for their support but even with all the support in the world it was something that I had to go through um and in doing so it was a lot of dynamics that came out of being a teen mom like not just having to grow up fast um but now it wasn't just me you know i couldn't be a kid in a sense of oh i, I want to go hang out with my friends because my mom was like no you got this baby <laughs> you, you got to take care of and everything and it, it was hard for me to see like oh like she 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 I knew she came first but it was like a lifestyle change in a sense like no everything I do revolves around her um and even things such as going to school and such whereas it was the better myself it turned into ultimately I didn't want my child to become a statistic because um in addition to dealing with having to grow up it's a lot of judgment a, a lot of people already writing me off like writing my future off oh 
you know, like assuming and labeling me um, as just a certain type of girl and a certain type of girl that will not amount to anything in life and just dealing with that stigma. Um, that was very, very hard, but I, I use that as motivation to say, you know what, I'm not going to let my decisions, um, negatively impact my child you know as much as I can help it she will not be a statistic Um, I will give her the best life I could Um, and I use that as my my driver my driving force and um, yeah that that is what motivated me so even when I graduated high school went off to college everything was about her you know like okay I I gotta study I gotta do this and I gotta do my best because of her which was good in a sense it forced me to be responsible and focused but then it created another challenge because at that point I held myself to such a high standard and put so much pressure on myself that now in hindsight I realized that I um, was very perfectionistic Um, and I I kind of put self-care on the burner and just focus on work, 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 work. Let me, I got to better myself, got to better myself. So it really is something that molded the the whole trajectory of my life, um, the direction and um, a lot of the decisions I ended up making and just how I, I had to grow up and really what I focused on at that point. So that would be number one <laughs> is being a, wow. a teen mom for wow. sure. And that right there, um, you know, when you think about, they have TV shows now that, you know, um, I don't want to say glamorize, but go through, you know, young people's experiences who, you know, are a teen mom. And it definitely is, I mean, you're a young person, right? You haven't fully matured and to take on that responsibility um, I mean, uh, I'm, I, again, I take my hat, I take my hat off to you. Uh, I truly, I just truly do. I believe you're a living and walking miracle. And so you used a term that kind of triggered something in me. You used a term called labeling. Mm-hmm. And um, from you being molested, um, you being homeless, you being divorced, you having health issues. Um, is there is there a time like dealing with all of these different things? And this is what I know I experienced myself and many women do. Where we take on a new name connected with what we've gone through. And so what what? if you can think back to any of those instances where almost as if that was your name and you did not, and it took you a minute to separate what happened to you from who you are. Mm. I'm giving you some good ones, girl. You are. You're making me think. Mm. Usually it just rolls. (laughs) Um, but no, I like a challenge. A name. Mm-hmm. So like for me, um, rejection was my name. So when, mm. when my, my ex, um, my ex-husband um, said after 24 years, he never wanted to be married. I took on the name of rejection, mm. you know, and I had to learn that that's not my name. That's something that happened to me. But that's not who I am. With me, I would say the closest I I came to kind of like it almost becoming my identity in a sense um, until I I pushed her and I I took that step back and got that clarity was more so after um, my divorce. Mm -hmm. Um. And with that, in all transparency, it was because of the embarrassment um, of just like the nature of what brought us to that point. Um, 
I had found out that not only my ex-husband had been cheating on me, but that he had been cheating on me with a man. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't the first time I had that, had experienced that with a significant other, with a partner. Mm -hmm. So for that to happen twice, it's one thing to be cheated on multiple times, but in that way, um, that level of betrayal, like it, it really did a number deeper than if I think had it been him cheating on me at least with another woman it, I can't say it would have been easier to accept but it just it wouldn't the level of pain and hurt and what I experienced because at that point I was questioning myself like what is it with me that one has me manifesting that like attracting that mm -hmm. um and two staying in long-term relationships um with that to with a person that ultimately is on the dl or whatever and i'm missing all the signs and then when afterwards having the clarity and replaying like the whole marriage or the whole relationship the previous relationship um and seeing, you know, the the signs hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? And so I'm like, oh yeah, that that was kind of suspect, or yeah. And then you know the family and such. Oh, you should have known, Keen, and da 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 da. So that them adding to me are what I'm already doubting within myself or the insecurities and such. And so that really did a number because at that point, um, I I won't say my heart grew cold. But I was so afraid of it happening again um, to where I had closed myself off to the possibility of love. And in a sense, like I didn't realize that by doing that, I was perpetuating my own loneliness. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'd rather grow old and gray, Netflix and chill alone until the day that I die before I allow myself to be betrayed again mm -hmm. and in my mind to that extent but at that point I'm like you know it, it just really had me viewing men in general a certain way you know and I was like oh what's the alternative no I'm not that way either so I guess I'll be alone and in hindsight is such a, a sad thought mm -hmm. um but that is probably I don't know really what the the name would be. I would say betrayal. Yeah, I would say betrayal. Betrayal is it? Mm -hmm. You took on that identity. Yes, that and and pretty much I I said like my view at that point was I see true love. I believe in true love. I see people happy and together, but I said not out there for me. You know, and I believe that. So, yeah, I I just believe that it, it wasn't going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, um, I have to say, I think, um, you know, any divorcee, you know, you get to a point where no matter how it ends, you know, um, you know, I, I always said we as women, we love very hard. Yes. We love to a point where um we put our all, all our eggs are in the basket like if you don't see them that's your fault but we put all our eggs in a basket and we don't you know one oftentimes we don't realize that men don't right like, like right they don't um but in the same regard once like you broke all my eggs in the basket like i i'm i'm you know i'm a little reserved and putting my eggs back in that basket and giving my eggs to someone else, you know, and you know, that right there, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely understand. But then I also realized like, you know, I was like, well, wait a minute, I'm 45. And at 45, um, uh, like who's out there at 40? Like, how am I gonna be finding somebody and I'm almost 50? Like, you know, there's nobody out there you know so your mind goes through all of these different things and you just close yourself off but i know that identity thing is so key because we attach ourselves to the things that we have experienced and you've experienced 
a lot, a lot, a lot, ma'am. And just, just the fact that, like I said, that you are here doing great things, alive, doing great things is just amazing, amazing to me. And so I'm a shift because you were in the military. You Are you currently, you're retired from the military. Yes, yes. I am a veteran now. <laughs> You're a veteran now. And so, I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother episode. Just being, I would say being a female in the military as well. Yes. Right. Um, but you've also dealt with some health challenges that I'm just like, again, you are a living and walking miracle. And so you know, again, once you, here we go, once you were given the labels, mm. right, of um, your, the autoimmune disorder, once you were given the labels, right, w- what was going on through your head, you know, because that's a whole, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother beast. Yes. With that, actually, I had recently gotten out of the military at that point, Um I was married and it it, just going through the challenges of it even getting properly diagnosed Mm -hmm. um, and, and dealing with it in in the interim and then um, having a spouse at the time who on some days he'd understand. And then other days he'd make it seem like um, it it was a hindrance and um, literally saying oh well you need to stop making excuses because he wanted to have a baby and I'm like my life may be on the line like you know I have to address this first so not feeling really fully supported or understood and having to adjust my life to it and and wrap my head around the fact that there's no cure um in a sense my body won't in in a way is attacking itself and um it's something that can can be treated but never goes away it can treat it to manage it um to where i can live with it but it never goes away and then being told worst case scenario um you may have end up with cancer you know hearing those words it's like whoa whoa so um with that it's been an up and down battle but more so as far as like health conditions um really going back to being stuck after my divorce and and being stuck in that that lonely cycle and I'm going to shut myself off and not allow anyone in and such um it was literally the phone call that I got that changed my life from there um which I I was a therapist at the time sitting in my office at work and I get a phone call um from it was a nurse um and she she really had no tact on top of that she didn't even really kind of lead in and kind of break it nice she just was like very blunt Mm -hmm. hi i'm I'm calling with your results um you have a a brain aneurysm or initially she said like an enlarged vessel of the brain or something and i'm like what does that mean you know and i knew what it sounded like but i was like what does that and she's like um a brain aneurysm and in that moment like the world stopped um and like literally I thought of my mom first because about three years prior um she we almost lost her due to a ruptured aneurysm and thankfully she survived with very very minimal damage um or effects but still I, I remember hearing a lot of people um at the hospital on on her floor um or on the floor that she was on coding left and right and it was a floor specifically for people with aneurysms and strokes so that's where my mind went and then it jumped to just everything I had gone through in my life um all the stuff that I had overcome the promise I made to my daughter and even my son that I would be the best mother ever um, to them, give them the best life I could. Mm -hmm. And then I jumped to my, my marriage and my divorce and where I was at that point. And 
it forced me to look at how I was living and honestly that I was not ready to go. If he was ready to call me home, I was not ready. And it made me see that, no, I don't want to die alone. Like I don't want to, this is not how I want to spend the rest of my days. And um, once I followed up with a neurologist um, and they, they kind of took that initial shock away and educated me that, hey, there's actually a lot of people living with aneurysms, they just don't know it. Um, and not necessarily will it rupture because initially I was like, oh no, I have a ticking time bomb in my head. Like all I could think about is my mom. Um, but after talking to the neurologist, um, he was like, you, it's just certain things you, you have to monitor, like your blood pressure and such. Um, but, and of course, we'll just have to do scans to make sure that it's not enlarging. But right now, no need for any surgery or anything. So it, it brought down my anxiety, but it, it still was real. Like, okay, now I got this on top of that. And I'm only so old. So it, it put it in perspective and it, it forced me to start taking care of myself, start really pouring into myself and start living life, start living again, because I was using my son um, kind of as my excuse. Um, oh, I got to he needs me. My son is um, on the spectrum. Um, and so he does have additional needs, but he's older and he's functioning he's on the functional side and verbal and everything so but I, I was I was like my son needs me and I I don't need to meet anybody I, just all these excuses and I realized oh my gosh I gotta live my life and so I started doing just that and um it was kind of scary but at some point I actually um got back out there even on the dating scene not expecting anything um but in doing that, I actually met the greatest love ever. And it, I look back and I'm like, it, it really was uh, necessary for me to kind of do the work on myself or else likely I would have attracted someone else. But I I look back, I, I, I got rid of the anger in a sense. Mm -hmm. I had gotten past it because I look at, I understand grief and all of that. And I could identify my grief and even where I got stuck in my grief. Um, but... I was finally able to look back and instead of pointing the finger, oh, well, he did this and it ended because of that, I was able to look back and look at even my part, you know, and hold myself accountable and say, okay, <laughs> there were boundaries that I didn't set. There were red flags that, you know, I saw, but I proceeded through, you know, I didn't stop there. And, and it helped me grow and, and have like more self-confidence and just be more sure of myself and know my worth and know, you know what, I don't know how many days I got left on this earth, but I, I know I'm not settling and in and, and doing so, you know, I actually attracted like a, a great, great, wonderful guy. That love that I, I saw other people have that I didn't ever experience, I didn't think was for me, I actually have. And, and that's what really inspired me to do what I'm doing now, because going through that, going through that horrible I won't say the whole marriage was horrible but yeah it progressed to being clearly abusive um and feeling caged in the end and um a horrible divorce and then going through my grief and getting stuck in that and closing myself off to love and then getting this health like it's not even a health scare it's a health reality um mm -hmm. it, that I have to accept and live with and know that in that moment I had a choice I could continue to live like the dead woman walking in a sense that I was doing or living as I could live in fear of this quote-unquote ticking time bomb that I was viewing in my in my head that could go off at any moment or I could just make the best out of whatever days I have left and just truly not just survive but thrive and that's what I did and looking now I see so many women who are where I was in their process at, you know, after divorce, they are stuck and they can't see that other side. And I get it. Cause I couldn't see the, that other side. And, Oh, can you hear me? I can't, I'm oh. just saying I couldn't either. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So many women and so many women feeling like, Oh, I got to do everything myself on top mm -hmm. of that and wearing the mask so well, to where they can't even take it off to tell themselves I'm not okay. You know, they, they've been able to master wearing that mask for so long. And so I 
realized that and I was like you know what this is it I thought being a therapist was it I always knew I wanted to help other people but no this is it and this is what I need to do this is my mission Mm -hmm. and yeah that that I just want to help other women see that yeah one they're stuck but they don't have to be you know that like divorce is just that marriage and such is just a chapter but they get to write the rest of their story if they want to okay you you said you gave a lot of nuggets you you gave a lot of nuggets but the one thing that I want to hone in on you said I had to work on myself and that's the piece which connects back to Joyce Meyer's quote right and and coming to the reality you also talked about coming to the reality of your part that was the one thing I had to come to reality like I because that thing came right back up in my face of Mm -hmm. things that I said to my ex and I'm like I said that like 25 years ago but it was in his head like as if it was yesterday but then you know you got to acknowledge your part but again work on you right yes and that's the piece that um you know i i really and i know you do it as well you know try to help women realize it just don't happen on its own right you have to do there's an inner work that you have to do you have to know who you are you have to know that like you said that chapter it was just a chapter like all you have to do is turn the page but when you get stuck in a chapter you keeping yourself there reading the same old stuff like you said cycle you reading that stuff over and over and over there are more chapters to be written of your story right and so you've had a lot of chapters boo that's all i'm gonna say You've had a lot of chapters. And so now we're at the point where um, you've had all of these chapters in your life. And so when when was it when you realized that there was purpose in your pain? When did you realize the, the point where, and I heard you say it, like, this is what I'm supposed to do. When was that that you realized where I need to take this step and help other women overcome like I have? It was really once I saw what I had, like the the level of love and support that I had, the healthy relationship that I was able to have when I wasn't even really looking for it. Like, although I got back out in the dating scene, I was making it very clear. I'm not looking for a relationship. I'm looking for companionship because I do know very well we need a connection. And I knew that I was choking myself off by cutting myself off from people in that sense. But I was like, I'm not looking for anything and it, it it naturally developed and once I saw that and just the feeling that I had that, that's indescribable unless you've experienced like I can't really explain it um I knew I knew then I, I just reflected on what I had gone through mm-hmm. and how it, it kind of kept popping up um just different women or like my my talking to my cousin or like just different people dealing with women or knowing someone and it, it just would keep coming up where it's it's women who are stuck they they are on the same path that I was on they may have on different shoes but nonetheless they're stuck they're stuck in their anger they're stuck in their pain they're stuck in their resentment they're stuck in their high expectations but they didn't take that look at okay what are you bringing to the table um you're expecting this perfect man but you're coming with all this baggage and all these issues that you have not worked on like your the ink isn't even dry on your divorce paperwork like why are you looking for someone to complete you instead of you focusing on completing yourself but a lot of them the the blind spots i i could see so many women who had a lot of blind spots and at first i i thought okay i um i want to help women in dating right (laughs) because i was like oh i found this great love and this and that but I realized in, in kind of having initial talks with women, I was like, there's a disconnect. 
there's a disconnect if I just focus on this and so it was a lot of even soul searching and discovery on my end I knew that I I was in the area I knew that it was something dealing with helping women which I always knew my purpose was to help other people serve other people but it took several years and I look back every single experience I went through has helped prepare me for this you know and you know when I look back at some point yeah it, it did hurt and I did like question why am I why me you know I did why why other people aren't dealing with this you know why it's y and z but I now I look back and I see the why you know mm-hmm. I see the why because when I, I share my story somebody can connect to something you know and somebody needs to hear that and and know oh wow she's talking to me and I don't have to let that part of my story define me you know I can persevere and be stronger than ever and, and obviously she's a testament of it so yeah like it, it really that was really the point when I realized what I had like literally what I had without searching for it and I, I think of so many women even searching for it you know and just the, the work they have not done on themselves and I think what also helps me see that was like just all of my experience and training as a therapist as well um, just helping me understand relationships in general and people in general and just deep normal universal human needs and and human wants and desires and human behavior so it it allowed me to step back and look at it and say oh this is and look at all the signs that have been forcing me Mm -hmm. even with work and everything certain things not working out and forcing me to make certain decisions and I'm, I'm trying to go against the grain like no but no this is why isn't this why are they making this so hard and this and that and I had to step back and see oh because I'm not supposed to be doing this and I'm and it forced me to shift and see what I was really supposed to be doing well let me just say you're doing it you you are you are doing it and you know, I think um, I think one of the biggest myths that, you know, especially us as women, um, I would say just people in general, you know, when people go to therapists, they a lot of times, you know, people go making the assumption that the therapist has my answer. The therapist has my answer. The therapist knows what to say to help me with my situation. And really the answer is all in that person. It is in that individual because everybody is different, you know, Mm -hmm. and it is contingent upon doing the work. You know, I literally had to, um, cause I'm a school counselor full time. And I literally had to tell this young man who he was, he was struggling with the loss of a girlfriend and, and, and he messed up in some type of way. He didn't tell me how, but it was five months ago. Mm. and he couldn't let it go and so you know dealing with the loss and um he was like yeah you know my parents are trying to find me a therapist and I said well you know the therapist don't have the answer he was like what Mm. (laughs) I said I said boo the therapist doesn't have the answer I said the answer is within you and so I had, you know, he was grappling with that. And then I said, well, let me, let me, let me, let's make a comparison. Cause he was a soccer player. I said, well, if you break your ankle, right. If you break your ankle playing soccer, you go to physical therapy, therapy, right. They do all these exercises when you're in physical therapy, right. But then they say, Hey, these are some things I want you to try at home to build up that muscle in your ankle right and he was like yeah i said well think of this as like your broken ankle this muscle you gotta do the exercises and work it's no different than you breaking something in your body but again Mm -hmm. oftentimes people they want to be told what to do but then they don't want to do the work to get really the response or really you know what they need right that that that's the piece that i think as a world and you know and definitely as a therapist um so many people want to answer and just don't realize they have it 
They just don't know where it is. But you got to do the work to figure that out. And so you have done this great work on yourself, within yourself, in order to figure out that there is purpose in your pain. And that's the piece that I'm always trying to help young people make that connection. Like, I truly believe we don't go through things for nothing. Uh-uh. And the wealth of knowledge and experience that you have you can offer that to someone. And so I'm appreciative of the work that you're doing where you're offering this wealth of experiences to women to help them to grow, to help them to recognize the worth of their crown, to help them to find love. Again, because I have to say our our testimonies kind of mirror because I wasn't looking and I was in a space of, I'm just dating, like I, well, not even dating. Like, I will go out. Like you said, companionship. Mm-hmm. I need to go out to eat with because I'm a foodie. <laughs> I need somebody to go out to eat with. Not realizing that my son's drum teacher, uh, like four years prior, literally four years prior, literally was mad at God when he met me. And I was like, why? So he's sharing this, you know, five years later. But. He was mad at me when he met me four years prior. And I'm like, why? I don't understand why you were. He said, I was mad at God because God showed me the perfect woman that I could not have. And I said, what? He's like, he said, because I literally thought there were no good women in the world. And so just how we as women feel like there are no good men in the world. There are men who have never experienced a good woman or a woman who they who they deem that they would want to marry, that they would want to put a ring on their finger, like literally have never crossed their path. Mm-hmm. So we always love to say there's no good women. Well, men will say there's no good, you know, I mean, we say there's no good men. They say there's no good women, right? And so I had no clue. Like I had no clue that that had happened five years prior. And I had no clue that I would be watered like I am today and be remarried like I am today. Like I've never experienced love like this on this level, like you said. And so definitely, I truly believe that there is purpose in our pain. But in the same regard, you know, we can show that you can be open to love again. Like there is, there are people in the world, everybody not taken. Everybody is not taken. And there's always somebody for everybody, you know? Yeah. And we got to work on those trusts. We got to work on the trust issues. We got to work on the rejection, the betrayal, the abandonment, all of this trauma, right? Mm-hmm. All of the trauma. And I know you you work a lot, you know, helping people with trauma. And it and it and it again, like we we stay stuck in the chapter. Yes. And all we have to do is turn the page and so for myself i don't know so i want you to i want you to let me know if this happened to you because i don't know if it happened but it happened to me so i would say there was this nursery rhyme that i just love to say like i love to sing this nursery rhyme about what my ex didn't do what my ex did to me like that was my nursery rhyme because it made me feel better right but in the same regard on the flip side like i've heard people too like I've rejected people too. And I had to realize, oh, it's not just me. Like I, I've done that too. You know what I mean? And I and, and I had to get to a space where I gotta stop that narrative. That that narrative, I gotta stop the narrative. Did you have a narrative that you always said and you're like, you know, I can't, I can't go on. I can't, you know, keep this narrative going. Yeah, it was it was the he did this he was that he he was abusive he you know and all of those were true but it blinded me from my part it was just so easy to focus on the pain he caused me the hurt he caused me put it all on him as far as why things didn't work and yeah literally once I started doing that deep deep work on myself um and taking a look in the mirror I I was like no no I played a part in that and I 
held myself accountable because it was necessary for me to look back and learn from it instead of looking back and just feeling better or kind of worse at the same time when I would kind of be the victim in it I was able to see okay I, I played a part my part may have not looked like his but I still played a part in that and and looking back instead of once I was able to do that whole view of the picture when I look back instead of the view of just blaming playing that song um of him 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 I was able to look through that non-jaded lens um and actually see all right don't look back just you know to feel bad or blame or whatever or be stuck but yeah look back to grow you know look back to learn from it and reflect but not don't even beat yourself up have compassion um you know you live and you learn but you better learn from that and and the way to learn is to not be the victim the way to learn is to actually look at all right what was my part <laughs> you know and, and how can I be better and do better so there's no guarantees in life but so I can at least try to decrease the chances of this happening to me again mm-hmm. look back and grow look back and learn look back and be better powerful powerful words i'm gonna i'm gonna have to quote you i'm gonna have to quote that one right there i'm gonna have to quote that one right there so i can't believe our time is gone and i truly appreciate i truly appreciate you coming on the linus queen podcast and just sharing bits and pieces of your story because i'm pretty sure we probably could do a whole month on you for sure we could do a whole month now at the end of every episode i always love to ask my guests to woe my listeners and that's words of encouragement and so what words of encouragement could you offer to a woman who whether they are in a relationship whether they are divorced whether they are widows you know you you have this whole gamut um, of women who are stuck in a chapter. And so what what words of encouragement would you share to help women to turn the page? I would share that you need to start knowing your worth, um, not settling. And it's okay to take that mask off like so much so women experience so many different pressures whether you know you're married divorced or single wherever you are you know in, in your life you we all experience just societal pressures pressures from our families um, pressures we put on ourselves so I will say first in order to start to alleviate that pressure, give yourself permission to not be perfect. It's a lot of women feel like they got to do everything and, mm-hmm. and allow, like, it's not a weakness to ask for help. It, it truly is a strength. Um, and ask for help, but make sure you turn into the right people and, and not those naysayers or, or the negative ones just trying to pull you down or judge you or whatever. Turn to the right people and and get your tribe, in a sense, to, to uplift you so you can be better. And you can be better. This is wherever you are in your process is not the end. If anything, it is your new beginning if you allow it to be. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for those words of encouragement. And where can my audience find you? I know you're doing some big things, doing some big things. So share, you know, where they can find you, any new things coming out, any new things that you are doing. Yes. So um, they can find me on all social media platforms at coaching with Kena, K-E-E-N-A. Um, and also they can shoot me an email, info at I am Kena Crowley.com. Um, 
Yes, so I just came back from LA. I did a big expo out there. I am going to Essence Festival. Like I just <laughs> found this out. Um, so that is in July. Okay. Um, I will also be hosting um, my own virtual events. I will host my master class and I'm working on putting together a summit as well um, because I just want to keep pouring into women. I want to let them know because so many women don't know there's help out there, you know, for what they're dealing with and what they're going through. And so I just want to do host different events and such so they can get plugged in, they can get connected with the help they need. Awesome. Awesome. So I will also post the all of your social handles and everything on the podcast and the YouTube channel so people can reach out to Miss Kenya Crawley. So thank you so, so much. I truly appreciate the work that you're doing. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I never really knew, you know, and I think it's similar to you. I didn't really know I was going to be doing this work. I didn't know um, the call that was on my life. I didn't know. It's just a lot of things I did not know. And I truly believe I'm thankful for. I always say I'm thankful for what my ex did to me. I'm so grateful. He did me the best favor ever. Because I would never know how to be watered in love like this. I would never know this purpose that... um, that I am fulfilling, right? And I truly believe that we, you know, um, not, we are not competitors in any way. We're all moving towards the finish line. We're all trying to help every woman get to the finish line. Are we all getting there at the same time? Same time. Yes. And so we definitely want, we definitely want to support our sisters. And any way that I can support you, just please let me know. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. And I'm, you know, I'm all about, my motto is all about living residue free, you know, and Mm. not allowing the residue hinder you from anything where, where God is leading you. And so thank you so much for coming on the Lioness Queen podcast. Until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the Lioness Queen podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast and share this podcast. Also, follow me on social media and reach out either on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Pinterest. Don't forget to check out our new online radio station, the Lioness Queen Inspiration Station. You can get the link on our website, www.iamthelionessqueen.com, and email me. I would love to hear from you on how this ministry is inspiring you to live totally residue-free. My email is IamTheLionessQueen at gmail.com. Come back next Tuesday at 3 p.m. for more from The Lioness Queen.